Girlfriends, episode 339, How to Know and Do God's Will. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance and joy in family living. This week we are taking on the monumental topic of how we can know and do God's will. Can't wait to dive into this important and very relevant topic with you here today. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? So glad you're able to join me for this episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. Real quick, before we dive in, I want to remind you to make sure you are signing up to be subscribed to the show notes for Girlfriends. So I recently launched my Girlfriends community, which if you want more about that, that's over at girlfriendscommunity.com. But that, you know, part of what I was motivated to do there was for us to be connected in more ways outside of the podcast. And one very simple way that we can do that is through subscribing to the show notes. So if you subscribe to the show notes, then you won't ever have to worry when I'm interviewing a guest and I say I'm going to link to their book or their their website or to their social media in the show notes. You don't have to go and look all that stuff up. It's going to be coming right to you in your inbox. All of those unique links and all of the relevant information and all of the resources that we share and talk about here are always included in the show notes for the Girlfriends podcast. And a simple way that you can subscribe is you can do it right now. You can text the word girlfriends to 33777. So just the word girlfriends to 33777. Or you can always go to ascensionpress.com slash girlfriends. And there's an easy way for you to subscribe right there at ascensionpress.com slash girlfriends. And one little bonus that's only going to be available to people when they subscribe to the Girlfriends podcast show notes is every week I'm going to be sharing a different song. So when I released my book, Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday, I created a playlist that was kind of based on songs that were along the themes of what I shared about in the book. And people... Let me tell you, people loved that. They loved having a playlist. Um, They loved having access to music and being able to share music. And then people were starting to share song ideas with me. And so it's it's my idea that every week in the show notes, I'm going to be sharing a song with you that you might enjoy. It won't necessarily be related to the week's content, but it might be. And in order to find out what this week's song is, you have to go over to the show notes over at ascensionpress.com slash girlfriends. And I hope that after a little bit, I'll be able to put together a girlfriends playlist based on some of the songs that we've shared about here through the podcast and through the show notes. All right, this week's topic. This is a big one. This is something like, it's one of those topics where it's like, if, if we can do this, we don't ever need to do anything else, right? How to know and do God's will. So here I am. I'm going to lay it all out for you. Now, I'm going to offer some thoughts and ideas on this topic. I don't have it all figured out. I have not mastered this, uh, but for sure, I've had some experience and some struggles in trying to discern God's will. In fact, in the last year, I've had a few different major life things that I've been bringing to prayer and really struggling with exactly this. So this is kind of what brings this topic to mind. Like, how do I know your will? And I know that so many times in in the course of the last year over these particular things that I've been praying about, it was like I was just going to prayer in frustration sometimes and like wanting to kind of like shake God by the shoulders and be like, just tell me. 
just tell me what your will is. And and so many times I felt so confused about it. One of those things has been resolved and I, I'm so grateful. So God's time is different from ours and he answers things in his own way. And it's not always something that we can readily understand. So if you're feeling frustrated and like, how can I know what God wants for me here? And, you know, I'm, I'm right there with you. I understand that's a very human experience of wanting to know God's will. But there are some things that we can do that can kind of help us and get the right frame of mind with regard to thinking about what God wants for us and can also help us to kind of grow in our, our understanding and in our trust of the goodness that God has planned for us to, to grow in trust of Him. So the first thing I'm going to suggest to you, if you are wanting to know what God's will is for any particular thing, is just make sure that you are praying about it. Uh, This seems like a no-brainer, right? Like, I want to know God's will, but um, maybe you're not bringing it to prayer. Maybe you're bringing it to every other conversation you're having, but not bringing it to conversation with God. And it's as simple as just asking God for the grace to know and do His will. I mean, what a beautiful prayer that is. So make that your prayer at the start of every day or every time you sit down to pray. Begin with that. Just asking God for His guidance. Asking God to make His voice heard to you. Ask Him to speak to your heart. Ask Him to help you to understand what He wants for you or what kind of decision He wants you to make if you're struggling with making a big decision in your life or if you're trying to discern a big change that you might make in your life or if you're feeling continually frustrated in a relationship or in your work or in some other aspect of your life or if you're you're worried about a health condition and you've got a big decision to make with that regard. You know, God cares deeply about all of these things. It can be easy to begin to think and, you know, the enemy will encourage you to begin to think that God is far away and he doesn't care about these things and we shouldn't bother him with this. But he cares very much about these things. You know, he says that he has the number of hairs on our heads counted. So if God has the number of hairs on your head counted, do you think he doesn't care about what you are lying awake worrying about in the middle of the night? I mean, of course he does. He cares about the things that you care about. So whatever it is that you're struggling with or wondering what God wants for you or for others in your life, what kind of decision he wants you to make, just bring it to prayer and ask him for the grace of knowing and doing his will. I think sometimes we kind of play mind games with ourselves and we we can maybe know on some level what God is calling us to do, but we're resisting it for whatever reason. I mean, sometimes God calls us to something that doesn't feel like it makes any sense. It doesn't feel like we're up to the task. Sometimes we can kind of have this niggling feeling like, yeah, this is what God wants me to do. And yet you don't feel equipped to do it. And and that's how God works sometimes. He very much calls us to things that we're not prepared for because ta-da, the good news is he's the one who does it. He's the one who supplies the grace that you need to do whatever he is calling you to. So have that kind of openness in your prayer and be honest with yourself when you're considering how you pray about this thing that maybe you're worried about, maybe you're tempted to be worried about. Ask yourself how open you are in those moments of prayer. How open are you to hearing what God might be calling you to, what he might be asking of you? Are there things that are just off the table in your mind? And you think God can't possibly be calling me to do that because that is not my plan. Well, let me tell you, there have been many times in my life when I felt that God was calling me to something and I didn't want it, (laughs) you know, even in a big way. And, And, you know, so sometimes 
that's how how God works. He he wants to give us the grace that we need to do the things he's calling us to do. Um, but he's not going to supply all the grace and make you feel ready for it before he calls you to it. So be open to that and and be honest with yourself when you're kind of thinking about how you're approaching these kinds of topics in prayer, how you're approaching your relationship with God, how you're thinking about God's will. I know sometimes I can fall into this, if I don't pause and think about it, I can p- fall into this bad habit of thinking like God's will must be the bad thing right? God's will must be uh, like the most difficult thing in the world, the thing I actually don't want. And we've talked about this before here on the podcast, that when you're bringing these things to God in prayer, it doesn't mean he's going to say no to the things that you actually feel like you want, that you have a, a desire for, especially if they're good things. I remember once a, a young woman telling me that she felt a great desire to get married and be a mother, and yet she kind of thought becoming a religious sister was sort of a higher calling, and it would be very difficult for her, and so she thought maybe that's what God must be calling her to do, because that's the harder thing, the more sacrificial thing. And, you know, God doesn't work like that. He doesn't, like, <laughs> he doesn't set up these desires for good things in your heart only to kind of snatch them away um, to make you kind of suffer your way through life. So, you know, just be honest with yourself and maybe do a little bit of an assessment of how you've been approaching these topics in prayer. Are you approaching God in a defensive way or in an insecure way or in a protective way of the things that you hold dear? Are you afraid to turn those things over to God? Are there parts of your life that you're afraid to turn over to God because who knows what he'll do with them and you care so much about them? So ask yourself those questions and bring this to to prayer. Ask God very simply to give you the grace to know and to do his will. It's the doing part, right? (laughs) We think sometimes we can get so caught up in like, I you know, I can't, I can't figure out what God's will is. And and sometimes in those situations, if we're honest with ourselves, we know darn well what God's will is. Or, and we know it, at least, you know, with some, some degree of certainty what God is calling us to. And there's just a part of us that's resisting actually doing it and following through. So have that kind of assessment, right? Do that kind of spiritual scan and see where you're at with those things. See what, what your status is and, and the, the ways in which you habitually think about your relationship with God, maybe without even even thinking about it. A lot of times these are kind of reflexive ways that we think about God or that we approach prayer. And they're not always accurate. They're not always the best. They're not always what, what God wants for us. And so it's it's helpful to kind of assess that and address where you, you might be kind of holding back a little bit in the the prayer that you're you're saying when you're asking God for help. You're asking God for the grace simply to know and to do as well. Ask him to make it known to you. All right, the second thing I'm going to recommend that's actually related to the first part is do you have silence in your life? How many of us are running around going in a million different directions a day, doing 27 different things at once, always having some sort of distraction, whether it's the phone in your hand or on your laptop or music playing in the kitchen or the television on? How many of us are running around that busy and that distracted every moment of every day and yet will complain? I I don't know what God is saying to me. I can't hear God's voice. I don't know what God's will is. Well, he's not going to shout over the television, you know, and he's not he's not going to have a Netflix special about his will for you. So we need to have more space in our lives. I mean, this is just generally true. I think of every human being. We need more silence in our lives. 
And, you know, an easy way to do that is to make sure that you're spending part of your prayer time every day intentionally in silence. As you're kind of assessing your your approach to prayer, then think about this. Do you have worked into your prayer life time of silence? Or is your prayer kind of like you, you go and you read this list of petitions or you, you're saying all of your prayers, like, you know, vocal prayers that you're saying out loud and you're kind of checking off the boxes, like, I prayed for this person and I prayed for that and, you know, kind of telling God all the things that you need or even, you know, thanking God for things. But is it always you speaking to God? Make sure you have room in your daily prayer life for silence where you can open yourself up and listen to what God might be speaking to you. We've talked about this before when we're, we're talking about ways that you can hear God's voice. You know, this is like entirely what my book, uh, Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday, is all about, these little ways that we can hear God's voice. And a really important way that you can do that is, first of all, by reading scripture, right? And this practice of Lectio Divina, which is quite simply in your prayer life, reading a passage of scripture slowly and carefully, and then sitting in silence and reflecting on it and being open to a part of it that might stand out to you and just being open to what God might be speaking to you through that scripture. You know, we can complain, I have no idea what God's saying to me. And yet here we have a book called God's Word. (laughs) Are you opening it up? Are you spending time reading it and then sitting in silence, listening for the voice of God? A really simple way that you can have more silence in your day that I have discovered is getting outside. Do you go outside on a regular basis? It is good for you. I don't care where you live and what's outside your front door. It is good for you to get outside. And I find that it's a really helpful way to have more silence in my life is making sure I'm going outside, you know, very deliberately, whether it's taking a walk or just spending some time outside, especially this time of year. It's beautiful. Fall in New England is amazing. So yeah, come visit me. (laughs) It's gorgeous. But wherever you live, I find that it's helpful to go outside because it pulls you away from all of those distractions. You're not even going to hear your dryer buzzing and you're not going to be checking your email. Like, just get outside and it kind of changes everything. It kind of changes all of, you know, what 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 is stimulating you, what's coming to your senses. And it naturally lends itself, that experience naturally lends itself to um, a, a inner, an inner peace and an inner quiet, a, a little bit of space in your life. So that's a really simple way. You might, you might spend some time outdoors. One beautiful prayer practice that is so simple, it has stayed with me for years, is if you're really, especially if you're you're concerned about something, if you're tempted to worry about something and you want to bring it to prayer, go for a walk and, you know, just walk in one direction and the whole way, just get it all out of your system, telling God what you're worried about, asking him for his help, talk, 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 get it all out, you know, talk to God. And then once you've done all of that, once you've said all that you need to say and asked for all that you need to ask for, however far away you are, turn around and go back to your starting point, which is probably your home or your workplace, in silence, listening for how God might want to respond to all of those prayers and, you know, quieting your mind. And I know when you're trying to sit in silence, the temptation is always, you know, your mind is buzzing, especially if you live a very busy life. Your mind might be going in a bunch of different directions, but it very much is a discipline of not, not you know, beating yourself up for the fact that you get distracted during a time when you're trying to be silent, trying to be still and listen to God. Just pull your mind back again and again without judgment, without frustration, just matter-of-factly 
pulling your mind back to just sitting in stillness and silence, listening for the voice of God. Look for ways that you can have that silence in your day. It might mean early in the morning before other people need you. It might mean a, a few moments before you, you know, get ready for bed. For me, I, I for sure the morning time works for me because, um, well, I'm in a different stage of life now. I don't have little kids that are getting me up early in the morning. And it's easy for me to be the first person up around here. And I'll, I'll have time for quiet prayer at that point. But another time where it kind of naturally happens, and, and this, you know, look for spaces like this in your daily routine, is at the end of the day, a lot of times at at the end of the day when Dan and I are going to go to bed, I'll do all of my like nightly stuff that I'm going to do, like washing my face and brushing my teeth and all of that, that, those kinds of routines in the bathroom. And typically Dan doesn't do anything like that until after I've, I've done that and he'll go into the bathroom and, and then I go into bed and I don't turn out the light, but I have a little bit of quiet time there. And I used to keep a stack of books on uh, my bedside table where I could just grab a book and just, you know, spend a, a little bit of time there. Sometimes it's as long as 15 minutes by, you know, by the time Dan, Dan comes to bed and we actually turn out the lights. And finding that time to, to just pick up a book and, and read a little bit at the end of the day was really nice. But something I've been more intentional about is using that tiny little bit of time and, you know, doing my, my daily exam during that time. Other times Dan and I will do it together. But, you know, finding a little space like that, to me, that's like, that's the magic key is finding a space that already exists in your daily routine rather than being like, I need to have 20 minutes of silence. I need to schedule it for like 10 a.m. on Thursday morning. I mean, that might work for you if you stick it in your calendar and you're that kind of person. For me, I think it's more helpful to just look at my daily routine and say, you know, here's a spot where it kind of is a natural kind of in between things, a natural quieter time, a natural time when you might be able to spend some time in silence, um, in, in quiet reflection. So look for something in your day that's along the lines of that, where you can just make sure that you're being silent. Maybe you have a daily commute and you're going to keep the radio off or not listen to podcasts in the car for at least a certain portion of it so that you're spending that time in silence. If you want to know and do the will of God, you have to be ready to listen. And that means having spaces of silence in your life. All right, the third way that we can know and do the will of God, or the third way that can help you to know and do the will of God, is to listen to people in your life who have legitimate authority over you. So if you're a, a kid, this means your parents, right? So your parents aren't always going to be right, but they are people who love you and who have legitimate authority over you. So a large part of what how you can discern the will of God is in obedience to your parents and listening to them and, you know, taking their their guidance seriously. And that might still apply even if you're a grown up. Your parents can still play that role in your life. You might, they might not be ordering you to do certain things, but you can go to them for guidance or direction. Um, they can still play that role in your life if you're lucky enough to have good parents. Then, you know, if there's something you're struggling with to know God's will, consulting with your parents about it is is a really great way to do that. Of course, your husband. There was one time that I remember I was really struggling with a work relationship that was just, it was driving me crazy. And I was, I was just so frustrated about it and almost tempted to like obsess about it and just obsessively be thinking about it and trying to work through it. And why doesn't this person like me or whatever? And I, I struggled with it on my own for such a long time before I ever even thought to share it with Dan. 
and before I ever even thought to bring it to prayer, never mind that. Uh, but I remember like Dan and I went for a walk and and I just happened to share at that point this thing that I had been kind of struggling with on my own. And he was so matter of fact in his response and and gave me some great advice and kind of direction that was so immensely clarifying for me. I can't even tell you. Like, you know, it was just, it was such a simple thing. And I'm sure he didn't even think twice about it. He was just kind of offering his perspective on what I, how I should handle that situation. And it was just so clear to me. And it, and it gave me such an enormous level of peace knowing that this was God speaking to me through my husband. What a gift it was in that moment. It was so clear to me that I was struggling and struggling and struggling with this thing and that Dan was able to help me with it. You know, God gives you your husband for that. So meant to be that gift to you. So people who have legitimate authority over you, this might be your priest. This might be um, a spiritual advisor that you have in your life, a spiritual director, if you're lucky enough to have one of those. Somebody in your life who has legitimate authority over you can be a great source of helping you to discern what God's will is if you're really struggling with something. Okay, the next way that can be helpful when you're struggling to discern what God's will is, is to pay attention to how you're feeling about it. And specifically, I mean, whether you have peace or whether you have anxiety in whatever part of your life you're trying to figure out like what what you should do. Maybe this is about, let's say it's a volunteer thing that you're you're committed to. Not a big deal, but maybe it's bothering you. You're trying to figure out, does it make sense for me to do this? Should I commit to this or not? Should I quit this thing that I've been doing for six years and everybody counts on me and yet it feels like a burden and blah, blah, blah. Well, one way that you can discern God's will about it is do you have peace about whatever decision it is that you're making? And that doesn't mean all of it's going to go smoothly and everybody's going to love what you did and, you know, all of that. No, what it means is, do you have peace in your heart about it? Or do you have anxiety about it? Because anxiety is not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Peace is what God wants you to have. And when you're aligning your actions with the will of God, that's one of the gifts of doing that is that you have peace, even if it's a very difficult thing you're doing, even if it's something that's not going to go smoothly in any way, shape or form. If you have a level of peace and, you know, this requires a little bit of time, maybe reflecting on how you're feeling about it. Um, but if you have peace about it, and I can think of many times in my life where I've made a, a, a big decision and one that wasn't necessarily popular with everybody it was going to affect in my life. I, I had peace about it. And that made all the difference in the world. Because if you've properly discerned these things and spend some time in prayer and talking to people and taking the advice of people, when you make one of these kinds of decisions about what you're going to do, um, whether it's a big thing, like about where you're going to live or how you're going to educate your kids or if, whether you're going to take a certain job or you know any one of these things, if you have peace about it, that's, that's all you need. You can go through all of the difficulty and the stickiness of, you know, managing the results of whatever decision it is you're making, but that that peace really speaks volumes to the fact that what you're doing is aligned with the will of God. And if you have a lack of peace, that's also speaking something to you. So I, just pay attention to, you know, not that your feelings mean everything, but they are also important. All right, the last thing I want to point out uh, that I think it's helpful to reflect on when it comes to knowing and doing the will of God is that we really need to trust 
in the goodness of God. This is such a hard thing to do, to trust that he wants good things for you, but then also to trust that God does have a will for your life. He has a plan for your life and that you can't really mess it up. Okay, what do I mean by that? Of course, you can choose things that are outside of God's will and that is a a mess up. But God doesn't have this like, one specific path that if you deviate from it in any way, that's it, you're doomed and he can no longer work with you, right? <laughs> like it doesn't, and sometimes, and as silly as that sounds when you, when you say it out loud, sometimes that's what we believe, at least on some level, unconsciously, that's what we're believing. That's why we have anxiety over these things. We're like, I'm going to mess up God's will and then it's over. Like, that's it. I've messed it up and there's no going back. So it's not like that. And part of that, I think, is learning to to trust that God wants good things for you. And this takes some thoughtfulness. This takes some reflection. Spend a little time thinking about how you think about God. Do you see him as a loving, gentle, good provider of everything you need? Or do you sometimes think about him as like a harsh, disciplinarian, the God of the Old Testament, you know, who's just waiting to strike you down with a lightning bolt. You know, I think it's it's really important to, to think a little bit about that, especially as we're trying to discern God's will, to remember that we're called to grow in, in trusting God. And in the, in the end, that's what this is all about. When you When you want to know and do the will of God, when you're struggling to know and do the will of God, it really is a struggle to trust God. And, you know, I, as I've shared many times here on the podcast, I am a huge fan of the Surrender Novena, but just the concept of surrender, I think, is such a powerfully important one for us to consider. And so I do, I, I recommend uh, going back many episodes now, maybe I'll link to it in the show notes um, so that you can easily get to it. The the show that I did on uh, the Surrender Novena and more on that concept of surrender. But I also recommend Father Jacques Philippe's book, uh, Searching for and Maintaining Peace, because that's what it's all about. That's <laughs> truly what it's all about. He shares just so beautifully and practically in that book about ways that we can we can grow in learning to trust in the goodness of God. And that in the end, that peace that we get when we do trust in God, when we turn everything over, when we surrender our lives to God, it that's all we ever need. That's what it's all about. That's it. You're all set, right? So anyway, learning to to grow in in trust is a lifelong a lifelong job. It's a, a lifelong commitment. So if you're if you're struggling in any way, know know that you're you're not alone in that struggle for sure. But also, you know, make use of some of these resources. Maybe if you haven't ever read it or if you haven't read it in a while, checking out Father Jacques Philippe's book, Searching for and Maintaining Peace, especially. But there's also um, In the School of the Holy Spirit, another one of his books. And when I say books, these are tiny little books. They're they're super thin. They're small. They are like so easy to get through. I mean, accessible is the the perfect word for the the kind of writing that Father Jacques Philippe shares in those books, and it's it's life changing. So for sure, I I will have those linked in the show notes again to subscribe to the girlfriend show notes. Text the word girlfriends to 33777 or go to slash girlfriends. All right, we've got more of the show coming up, but first, a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you are listening to the Girlfriends Podcast. 
Hi, my name is Father Mike Schmitz, and we know, right, as disciples of Jesus, we need to be encountering God's Word on a regular basis. We need God's Word to transform our minds, to move our hearts, and yet if you're anything like me, sometimes you sit down to read the Bible and just you fall asleep, or you get caught up in the names, in the events. It can be a confusing set of books. We've created an answer, and the answer, we think, is the Catholic Bible in a Year podcast. It is produced by Ascension and hosted um, by me. For more information, you can go to ascensionpress.com slash Bible in a year. Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where I like to share a listener question or some listener feedback. If you have feedback or a question you'd like me to take up in this segment of the show, you can email it to me, danielle at daniellebean.com, or connect with me on Voxer and send me a voicemail that way, or the, the link to connect with me on Voxer is always in the show notes over at ascensionpress.com slash girlfriends. Or you can just record a voice memo on your phone and send it to me at that email address. All right. So this week I heard from, I think I'm going to say your name right, Anina. And she wrote to me, uh, she's actually a, a listener from Finland. If you remember a while back, I had some feedback that I shared on the show from a listener who was in Finland and was was looking for other Catholic women who might be listeners to the Girlfriends podcast there. And Lo and behold, here's another one. Um, and so Anina shared a lot with me about that. But then she had a question at the end of her email. And this is what she says. I'm wondering if you or your listeners might have any words of advice to offer me. My situation regarding my wish to become Catholic is a bit tricky. I have a Lutheran background and I'm a member of a traditional Lutheran church together with my husband. We have been active there for more than 15 years now. We have four children, ages 12, 11, 6, and 1. Our kids are used to that particular church and they have a lot of friends there, as do we. I guess we would probably have continued happily to attend there indefinitely had I not been invited to the baptism of my friend's baby, which took place in the Catholic Mass. For me, that Mass was a life-changing experience that led to me start to start to research the Catholic teaching, writings of the saints, etc. During the last three years, I have slowly become more and more convinced about the beauty and truth of Catholic teaching. Now, while I have continued to attend the Lutheran Church with my family, I have a strong wish to convert to Catholicism at some point. My husband, however, is happy where he is. He has expressed that he would, of course, not want me to, to stop me from converting if that is what I feel is right, but that it would make him sad to see our family divided. I really do appreciate the fact that I have a strong Christian husband and I would not want to cause division in my family. I'm also worried about the children and the fact that getting used to a new church might not be very easy for them, especially as they are at the ages where they are generally not always very eager to go to church with us. So I'm now feeling a little bit torn and sad, not really knowing what the wisest thing would be regarding my faith and my family. Perhaps you have some words of wisdom to share in this situation. Thanks very much in advance, Anina. Okay, so that is a tough situation. Uh, thanks be to God, Anina, that you were given that grace to become connected with the Catholic Church. And maybe it doesn't feel like a grace right now. It might feel a little bit like a burden, right? Because this is a tough situation. And, you know, for sure, I'm going to be keeping you in prayer. And I want to invite everyone listening to please keep Anina in prayer as she's going through this conversion process. And, you know, I'm, I don't have any particular words of wisdom, for sure. And I have not experienced this myself. But I know many people have. And this process of converting is sometimes 
extra difficult because of these kinds of, I guess I, I want to call them kind of social reasons. And I know it's not really social, it's your family, right? But it is, it's kind of exterior to your faith in a way. Um, and you're thinking about, and, and legitimately thinking about things like your family's routine and your family being together and your kids and their friends and your own social life related to your church all hugely difficult. I have um, many dear friends who are who are converts, and it's their conversion has always come with some level of that because it's it's a great loss. Um, one one friend who's a convert recently shared, and she's been a convert for I think over ten years now, that their their old pastor from the the Baptist church where they used to belong just completely cut them out of his life, like wouldn't speak to them after. And this is probably not helpful, except I'm trying to be a little bit um, understanding and sympathetic of your situation, that it is a real difficulty. And these are real obstacles um, that can factor in as you're trying to figure out like what God is calling you to do. And very much in line with the, the topic that we're taking up here today, knowing and doing the will of God, it sounds like you're doing a great job, Anina, of being open to that. And I'm just going to encourage you to know that God has a plan for you and he has a plan for your family, he has a plan for your husband who, you know, he may not be open to it right now, but who knows what's what's going to happen in the future with your husband and with your kids. And it might not be easy getting to that place, but I want to encourage you to know that God wants good things for you. He wants you to live and raise your family in the fullness of truth and with access to the sacraments and um, that that is ultimately what he, those good things are what he wants for you. It's not easy getting there. Um, so I, I'm going to encourage you to maybe speak to, um, you, you had a friend whose baby was baptized in the Catholic Church. Maybe you could talk to her or talk to the priest at that church where you had the opportunity to attend Mass, that there's somebody who's got more more wisdom and experience on this topic than I do, who I know can guide you through that. But I think starting at that church, there there might be somebody in the, the faith formation there that might be willing to talk with you about some of those things, but certainly a, a priest can kind of guide you through that. He's for sure seen many different kinds of situations like that. But I know it's not easy. And I'm I'm sorry that you're feeling that kind of conflict and burden. And yet at the same time, I'm I'm overjoyed that you're finding the fullness of the beauty and the truth of the Catholic Church. So thanks be to God for that. So everyone, let's please keep Anina in your prayers and, and let us know how you're doing with that, Anina. Give us an update when you can, um, but know that we're going to be prayerfully supporting you here. And if anyone listening has an experience like this or something to offer, something that you've um, maybe come to know about situations like that or experienced yourself, if you have anything that you'd like to offer to Anina, please send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com. I will be glad to pass along your words of advice to Anina, um, maybe sharing them on the show so that others can benefit from them as well. All right, that's all the time that we have for today. But I want to remind you to subscribe to the Girlfriends Podcast show notes by texting the word girlfriends to 33777 or going to ascensionpress.com slash girlfriends. Also, I would love it if you would consider joining me in community. If you want to go further with the things that we're sharing here on Girlfriends, if you want to connect with other listeners of the Girlfriends Podcast, we do this through ongoing conversations. We do this through daily prayer. We 
We do this through twice a week live video chats. So fun to get to connect with people and actually interact with people who are listeners of the podcast, people who um, have read my books. It's really just a joy to get to know you a little bit. So I would love it if you consider becoming a member of our community. And you can get all the information about that over at girlfriendscommunity.com. I look forward to connecting with you there. But in the meantime, I'm just so grateful to have connected with you here today. Thank you for being a part of today's episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. I am so grateful for your presence here. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 